Hey guys, Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where our focus is going to be how to optimize your local Adventist church. I hope you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Today I have with me a friend and a colleague, Lachlan Harders, who is a student at Avondale College. Now, for those of you who probably don't know what Avondale College is, it is probably it's the central Adventist university in Australia, am I yeah, right? Yeah, so it's the only tertiary institution yep. owned by the Adventist Church in Australia. That's right, yeah. So it's not, and, I, and sometimes I say university, but it's, it's college. Mm. So it's Avondale College, so yeah. cool. Well, Lachlan is, um, is a friend of mine that I met in Western Australia when I was a pastor there. He was one of the youth in the youth group, really talented leader, really passionate about the gospel and about God. And he's laughing right now because I'm like blowing him up, but, um, but it's true. He's a cool guy and I wanted to take a few moments to talk with him because not only is he a student, he also leads a ministry called the, the Worship, Worship Collective. Collective. There we go, the Worship Collective. The Worship Collective is really about creativity and evangelism. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit because our topic today is what is the future of evangelism? in the local Adventist church. Mm. And I'm excited to be talking to Lachlan because not only is that an area of passion for him, mm. but he is also the future of the church, right? He is an up-and-coming pastor. He's a millennial or, or a post-millennial. You're sort of in that barrier where it's, eh, he's one or the other. Um, but he's, he's someone who, you know, really, at least in my experience, can really speak into this issue with clarity and with passion as he looks to the future of, of our movement as Adventists. So before we do that, Lockie, um, that's his nickname, guys, is Lockie. Yeah. So I'm going to call you Lockie from now on. Um, I just want to ask you three questions yeah. so that people can get to know you sure. better uh, before we dive in to the topic. So first question, how did you become an Adventist? Were you raised in the church or did you sort of find it later on? Yeah, so I was raised a Seventh Adventist. Um, I went to Adventist school for my first few years of, of education back in Perth. Uh, and I found out after going home and speaking with my great nana um, last December that I'm a fifth generation at Avondale. Wow. So I'm about <laughs> as Adventist as they come That's in crazy. heritage. Yeah. Um, but one of the first to study ministry. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any idea what like, your ancestors have studied? So I believe my great nana's mother studied nursing. Yep. My great nana studied nursing as well. Okay. My nana studied nursing. My mum studied teaching. <laughs> And I am now studying ministry and theology. Cool, so cool. I think man. that's five. I don't know. Yeah. I might have been more. So. <laughs> right on, man. So are you going to marry a nurse? Is that the idea? Who knows? Who knows? That's what Tokyo majors usually do. I remember at Southern Adventist University where I studied, the, the nursing building was right next to the to the school of theology. Okay. And then um, the Florida, Florida Hospital like donated all this money so they could build like a brand new building mm. um, for the nursing training because the one that they were in was old. So they built it, but they built it on the other side of campus. Oh, really? So like all the theology majors were like really upset because like all the nurses, <laughs> they yeah. went to the other side of campus. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to find a wife now? No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was pretty funny. All right, second question. I know yeah. I asked a few follow up that, but um, before we before we dive into like the big topic, um, I would just want to ask some some silly questions. Yeah, and on. so do you have a favorite TV show right now? Favorite TV show? That's tough. I don't watch a lot of TV shows, to be honest. But I've just gotten into one that my dad is obsessed with. 
Okay. And it's called Designated Survivor. Oh, dude, I love that show. Yeah, like, like, yeah I'm like, so good. Four episodes in after about two days. So <laughs> it's not healthy. It's not, I man. It's not. It, so. You're doing the binge thing, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Are you on season one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished season two. Wow. Like a month ago. Okay. It's amazing, bro. So good. All right. That's so spoiled. Designated Survivor, guys. We just we just did a promotion for Netflix, so we need to yeah. let them know so we can get a cut yeah. from you know their million dollar production. Cool. But last question, uh, do you have a pet peeve? Pet peeve. I do, and I was thinking about it yesterday. Oh, okay. And then I forgot it. All right. <laughs> so, uh, a bit of context to this. I've done some worship leading and, and music stuff in the past. And um, whenever people are introducing a song, not for the first time, but just saying we're going to sing this one next, whatever, whenever they say the title of the song, that's sound kind of like, ah, uh, well, that's yeah. like a really corny transition. Yeah. And it's like, you know, for example, the song, What a Beautiful Name by Hillsong. They say, oh, what a beautiful name it is. Let's sing the song, What a Beautiful Name. And like, I just think there's like, there's so much more creative ways to introduce a song <laughs> and kind of transition in. Like, it's like, you clearly didn't put any thought into that. Yeah. Game. And it's like, it's bad because I'm, like discouraging people that are trying to lead worship but that's just kind of a little be encouraged guys be encouraged lead no, worship yeah, we'll yeah we all have our we all have our pet peeves that, like I hate slow drivers it's annoying mm. you know like if, if, if you're gonna drive you know to drive that's it if you're not gonna drive, drive like catch a bus right yeah. so yeah no that's pretty awesome bro so um, as you guys will find out as we as we talk Lockie is just a huge advocate for creativity mm. and um, so that's really you know if I could summarize your, your passion in ministry, that would be it. It's just this mm. advocate for creativity. Yeah. So what I want to do is I just want to take a few moments and talk about this, this, this topic that we introduced at the beginning. What is the future mm. of evangelism in the local Adventist church? Mm. And obviously, like, we're not talking in absolute terms here, guys. You know, we, we're, we're talking in, in just personal terms. So what, how does he feel about it? coming from the perspective of a young person in the church who's passionate about the gospel, who's passionate about our story, and who's passionate about evangelism. Um, and so I'm really curious because you've got this ministry, the Worship Collective, and that's really what, what it's about. But before I get there, before I ask you what the future is, I want to get an understanding from, from you, and, and you're sort of going to be a voice for your generation here as well. Um, of where you guys perceive we are now. Yeah. So if I was to just simplify that, I would say, as a young Adventist upcoming pastor, where do you perceive we are today in terms of evangelism? Hmm. Yeah, it's funny you say I speak on behalf of my generation because it's always a scary thing to do. <laughs> um, I think it really, like my perspective is definitely influenced by my context, like being raised an Adventist. Hmm. Like, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm critical of what we do because I've been involved in it for a long time. Yeah. I'm not so critical in a bad or a good way, but I just kind of think about how we can do things better. Or like, yeah. Um, and yeah, currently, like, there's there's different types of evangelism going around. There's there's stuff happening, like, in evangelistic series and stuff like that. Then mm. um, you've got more relational evangelism where some churches have, like, a massive small group program and they want to let you start a small group without an unchurched person in there. Mm. And that kind of introduces that relational aspect, which I think is really positive. Um and then there's also kind of the sphere I'm trying to delve into now, which is the digital sphere. And that's relatively untapped at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so I guess to sum that up, I think there's a lot of potential mm. in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think there's a one quick fix to evangelism because mm-hmm. everyone's different. Everyone has a different context. Different things yeah. are going to reach different people. Yeah. Like I, I met a guy a few weeks ago and he said his life was changed by an evangelistic series. Mm. Um, you know, I, I personally don't connect with that style of evangelism. Yeah. Um, it's resolved in kind of the context I was brought up in. Yeah. Um, and so obviously there is a lot of, I guess, different ways um, to evangelize. Um, I just think that, yeah, there's a lot more room for growth yeah. in the evangelism sphere as a whole. Yeah. I think we're doing stuff which is good, and I don't want to discourage, discourage people that are doing stuff, but I think until sharing the gospel truly becomes like one of our top priorities as a movement, mm. um, we're going to be falling short of that potential. Yeah. I, I love how you put that, man, because I, I don't think I could have put it better. Like, it's it's not about whether what we're doing is, is good or bad. Mm. It's about the potential that there is for, for more diversity and more creativity and um, and just you know a better you know overall experience and um, and I have to agree because I was actually talking with a friend yesterday who's um, preparing a sort of like an evangelistic outreach mm. uh, project that's based on art yeah. and and I thought it was an amazing concept and we talked for a while about it uh, but at the same time um, I I do believe that. Sometimes when we talk about evangelism mm. and what we should be doing, that sometimes we come from this place. And my, my friend wasn't coming from this place, but mm. this is just a thought that crept into my head as we were talking. Like sometimes we come from this place where we think that what is the, what is the one thing that's going to reach people yeah. in this generation? Mm. And what's the one thing that's going to reach people in the next generation? Mm. And um, I think that's a bad metric. Like I, I don't think that, they, that we should be pursuing this one thing, mm. this one style, this one yeah. system. But that we should be just, again, diversity, right? Employing as many means as possible mm-hmm. in different contexts, in different cultures, etc. to reach people. So I love that you hit that because I wasn't planning on saying any of that, mm-hmm. but like you just joggled my, my yeah. thoughts there. I want to ask a, a question that I think is important and, and it's a question that a lot of people ask. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want. What would you say, as we, as we look to the future, mm-hmm. what would you say is the future of evangelism in the local church again not mm-hmm. not as like a, a one thing but here's an area that we need to pursue that we need to tap into yeah. that we need to explore yeah I, I firmly believe like the digital space is one of the most untapped resources for evangelism in the church mm. like there is so there's, there's 3 billion people on Facebook now yeah like where else are you going to find 3 billion people in one place yeah nowhere yeah right and so if I think it's foolish to not put resources and time and effort into using the digital sphere for evangelism. Talk to me a little bit about about this Facebook thing. So mm. there's there's three million people. Three billion. Um, three billion, my bad, yeah, three billion. <laughs> yeah, I was way short. Yeah. Three billion people on Facebook. Mm. Um when you say that it's an untapped resource, t- tell me a little bit more about that. Is it untapped in the sense that as a church community we don't know how to use it, mm. or is it untapped in the sense that we haven't really tried mm. to get good at it? Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely up to individuals, like how they're going to tap into it. Because I do know of a few other Adventists that use the digital space to do outreach and stuff, but I don't think as it's it's it's, it's interesting because as a denomination, we do a lot in the technology space. Mm. So in Australia, we have. Um, you know, our own television network, our own radio station. And there's a lot of stuff in the technology space going on. Um, 
but in terms of actual social media, which is the area that I'm focused on, like it's a place where that's where people are at today, right? And I guess I guess we need to, as a as a denomination just to put a lot more time and resources mm. into developing um, training programs and skills that I guess that the everyday church member can use to actually improve. I guess their social media reach and how they can actually use their presence on Facebook, their influence on Facebook yeah. to actually reach people. So what do you think are some ways, like I just want you to picture you're in a local church mm. and you and you want to do evangelism. Yeah. How would you jump on social media mm. or, or the digital sphere altogether yeah. and tap into that and, and yeah. do something cool with that? Yeah. So we had a lecture last year of, of a... A, a pastor from Sydney who came up to Avondale and actually shared with us about how his church runs a, a live stream each week. Mm. And he said a, a quote that really stuck out with me. And it was that this phone screen is the new window to the church. Mm. And as I thought about that, I realized that there are very few people in, in my age demographic that are ever going to step foot in a church. Um, not because the church has done necessarily anything bad to them, but just because over time, um, I guess religion in, in, in my generation seems to have been more outdated. Mm. Um, and so if people have interest, they're not going to be bothered to go into a church and actually go to the effort of it when all other information they can get is on their phone. Yeah. And so now, like if, if we're not having a presence online and having something for them to look at, yeah. it's basically like we're blocking off the window for them to look in. Yeah. Right? It, it's, I, the picture just comes to my head of a kid like looking up into a window mm. and looking into the church service and kind of, seeing what's happening inside um, and I think that live streaming or some form of streaming of your services or what you do at church is yeah. not necessarily easy um, or it can be done cost effectively yeah. um, but it is definitely a really important way for us to actually engage in providing our communities with an opportunity to look into what we're doing yeah. um, especially in a time when like I said before there's so many quick fixes of information yeah. you know um, yeah. you, can, you can learn anything you want from the internet these mm. days you can almost yeah. learn more than a degree on the internet yeah absolutely um, but you can't learn a lot about what happens inside a church on the internet mm. and I think that's a real shame mm. if you come to a town mm. right say you move into a new town yeah and you want to find a church mm. it is going online to look for one the first thing that you do? Yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. go look at, because I, I enjoy graphic design and stuff like that, yeah. and I appreciate good graphic design and yeah. website design and stuff like that. Um, and as surface level as it seems, I'll go through, and if I see um, a really poorly designed website, one that's not really maintained, it's a bit outdated, mm. I'll think, well, these people don't even care. Like, mm. that's just, and it's not that they don't care, it's just that they haven't put in the effort to. Um, to stay relevant on that space yeah. and that's the space where people are going to yeah. and it sends a message to the outside or the unchurched person that looks at it and says well these people don't even expect visitors they don't like expect mm. anyone new to come like they're not considering yeah. people that haven't been to church before or are looking for a new church yeah. and as a result it also instantly crosses them off the list yeah. and that might be the best community ever they yeah. might be an awesome church with just amazing Jesus loving yeah. um, members in there yeah. but because they haven't actually put in the effort to have that strong presence online mm. instantly they crossed off the list yeah. and how much of a shame is that that's true yeah. <laughs> well you know it's, it's funny because I asked you the question because that's what I do mm. and and I think like as a church we need to recognize that and, and it's not a, a judgmental thing mm. it's just that you know especially as millennials and, and, and the generations coming after us uh, as, Aesthetics communicates mm. uh, excellence. Yeah. It, it communicates to, to us that 
you believe in what you have to say so much that you put the extra effort to make sure that it's communicated mm. clearly and effectively. Mm. So yeah, when I go to a new town and I look up churches, and I'm a pastor, right? So it's not like I don't want to go to church. Yeah. I want to. But the first thing I do is I look them up online. And if you got like a really outdated website, like I'm just not showing up. You know, I, I try and find the one that has a really good website. Yeah. And that may seem shallow to some people. That may mm. seem like, oh, you guys are, you know, you're just looking on the surface. Mm. And maybe that's true, but that's just the way our generation mm. perceives and thinks. Yeah. And we have to meet that, you know? Because um, what that communicates to us is that these people are expecting mm -hmm. people to come and look. That's right. Like they're expecting people to, um, I guess, appreciate the effort yeah. they've gone to for this. Like, yeah. They want you to know that they actually care about people who are going to be searching. Yeah. And that kind of, I guess for my generation, it's like, oh, wow, these people actually care. Yeah. Which is hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, you know, there's, there's another element to this conversation that I think is, is really important to point out as well. Because the things that you're, that you're mentioning uh, on having a website, you know, on, on this sort of like having an evangelistic presence in the mm. digital sphere, mm. what that says to me as someone who's passionate about evangelism is that in your head, evangelism isn't an event at a point in time during the year no. <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a whole it's, it happens every day all year long yeah. there's no off season for evangelism yeah, yeah. so so i got that i, I got that right I, it was a guess no, but the guess true. was accurate evangelism so, for me is a lifestyle mm. it's it's not an event it's not you know something that you you do it's something that it's a part of who you are yeah like when we experience the love of God and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we can't help but respond. Yeah. And so if that's daily in our, in our hearts, like we're going to have to share it. Like I've experienced in my life this time, so I'm like, I, I just have to share. Yeah. And, and I think when we've truly got the Holy Spirit in us, evangelism will become a way of mm -hmm. life. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know about a lot of other people, but I spend a lot of time on my phone. Mm. And it's sort of like, well, am I just going to stop evangelizing when I'm on my yeah. phone? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity that mm. I think we need to harness. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'll share with you a thought, and I, I want to know what you think about it. Yeah. So one of the um, one of the things I love most in a local church is when you have a good Bible worker. Mm. You know, like a good Bible worker, they're just like, they're gold, you know? Um, and so like at one of the churches that I work at now, we have a Bible worker. He's a really awesome guy, you know, works really hard, really passionate about reaching people. Mm. Um and so really the job of a Bible worker is to connect with people. The job of the Bible worker is, you know, they, they're usually the ones who are out there um, making contact and advertising events and finding Bible studies. That's all they do. And one of the things I realized is that the Bible workers are still operating off of like a door knocking mm -hmm. paradigm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't think we should get rid of it mm -hmm. because there's some people that that's the only way you'll ever reach them. Um, but here's what I think, and I just want to know what you think about it. I think that every Bible worker school and every, and every, um, lay ministry evangelism school, like Arise or AFCO or whatever they may be, mm. all of them should have a curriculum on social media outreach, yeah. teaching, teaching these Bible workers, teaching these lay evangelists how to jump on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, and reach people through that. Yeah. What do you think about that? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, I want to share something that I hope will encourage you. In yeah. our first year, we had an assessment, and it was based on the 28 fundamentals, and we had to create a tweet um, for three of them and, and put them in the format of a tweet and how we mm. post it online and actually um, engage in that. And that was kind of where I guess this journey started for me at the start of my mm. first year of studying. I thought, well, if 
you know, surely we can do more than just a tweet because yeah. it tweets, you know, what is it like 40 characters or 140 characters or something? I think like? they, it's gotten bigger now. It's yeah. like 250 now. Okay, 250 like, characters. It's still pretty short. You know, what if we did a video? What if we, you know, did like something like this and posted mm. that online? Um, and I guess that's kind of where it all started for me. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, it's not going to be easy to, yeah. to train a whole church yeah. on how to be sensitive to the digital sphere and how to be effective on the digital sphere. Mm. But it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. 100% <laughs> worth it. Absolutely, dude. I totally agree. And, and I think, you know, one of the tragedies is that because, and I don't know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say because of this or because of that, but the, the, the reality is that a lot of us are not evangelistically minded as a lifestyle, mm. right? We, we think of evangelism as an event with a guest speaker and mm. there's all this work that goes into it. And then when it's over, you don't want to do anything else because mm. you're like beat, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think because we don't think of evangelism as a, as a lifestyle, we tend not to be proactive in how we do mm. it. So the digital sphere is here mm. and it's been here for a while yeah. and we're really behind, you know, so we're, and, and, and maybe, you know, like conference level and things like that, different big departments, like they're doing stuff. But I mean, the local church, mm. like the local churches tend to not be on there at all. Yeah. And even the local churches that I find on the digital sphere, they don't they, they they don't tend to do it right like for example one church that i that i follow on social media they just post like pictures and articles from everywhere else but they're not posting their own content their own yeah. material so it feels disingenuous yeah. um so we're we're sort of behind in that space mm -hmm. now you mentioned earlier that it'd be really cool to have some resources to teach people how to use social media yeah now there are resources out there um they do exist some, sometimes you have to pay for them. You can find a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, but you're right. Like There isn't anything that's exclusively you know, designed for churches that, that I know of that's free. Um, but with, with that said, with, with that aside, what can a local church member do? Like right now, and who knows? Like it might be a local church member who's listening to this and who's thinking or who's watching this and thinking, I want to step into that space. I want to create a Facebook page for my, for my church. I want to create an Instagram you know, I just want to get us on social media and I want to yeah. lead that and drive that. What can they do? How can they start? I think a good first step would be to find someone um, in your church community who is in tune with mm. social media and, and what's working and what's not working and how kind of it all works. Mm. Um, I think it's a, like evangelism is something that's you know, best done in, in group situations. Yeah. Um, there is value in one-on-one -on -one evangelism. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, you have more heads involved in something you're going to come up with a better product yeah and i think if, if if you can find someone who's really engaged in um you know the, that space of like if it's whether it's filmmaking whether it's graphic design whether it's website design social media um i think you're better off working together mm. because it's 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 sort of like if you're the one that has all these good ideas and, and good content ideas but you can't put it to paper and you're working with someone who can put it to paper but doesn't really have that creative um, flair that you have yeah. you're working together and instantly you, you've got really good ideas and really good skills there together that's right um, you know like I said before there's no like quick fix to getting like really in tune with what's happening on social media it's a process that takes time yeah. like I'm sure you'll agree with me like I, I'm still learning yeah. all the time more new <laughs> things about social media yeah. like new things you can do yeah. new ways you can engage in it yeah um, and so I just think get a team of people around you that are in tune mm. um, with how social media works yeah and actually work together in creating content yeah. that's going to be relevant to what the message you're trying to send across. 
I love that, man. And I love the fact that you talked about, you know, like constantly keeping up with what's what's happening. Because mm. the thing about social media is like they always change the way it works. Mm. Like every year, what worked last year to reach people won't work this year. Mm. So you, you do have to be in there and you have to understand the, the, the way it works. You, you, you can't just treat social media as, oh, we have a social media page for Facebook. So five minutes in the morning, I'll jump on and put this picture and then I'll jump on and put this yeah. article and I'm done for the day. You, you kind of have to immerse yourself in it. Yeah. Because when they make these changes, you got to know, well, how can I take advantage of the changes to keep reaching people? Mm -hmm. Because you can. You can reach so many people on social media if you're doing it properly, if you're understanding mm -hmm. the way it functions. So um, another question for you um, as, as we get ready to wrap this up is what, one of the things, you know, you're passionate about digital evangelism mm -hmm. and, and how we can tap into that space. But of course, you're passionate about creative evangelism altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you say are some ways in which we can get more creative in the way in which we evangelize? And obviously, we're not talking about like necessarily just event-driven evangelism here. Yeah. Nothing wrong with an event, but we're talking about a lifestyle. Mm. So, yeah, what, what would you say are some, some creative things, maybe some ideas you've had yeah. that were maybe too expensive to put together <laughs> or something like that. But yeah. if, if all of that was not an issue, mm. what, what are some creative things mm. that, you would, that you would advise? Yeah. I want to start with a general thing first. I think it's a lot to do with our culture. Because mm. um, I think it doesn't matter what we do, our culture is going to eat up any programs or any events that we run like culture is just so important mm. and I think as a church we need to commit to having a culture that is open and is actually stimulating um, creative energies in the church you know like if, if you're a person that's creative minded I guess to come into a space where that's not stimulated mm. it's, it's almost to, to me it feels like you know, I'm not serving God to my fullest potential because I can't be creative and actually sharing um, you know who he is with those around me yeah. And so I think it's a culture thing to start with. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really important. But that aside, yeah. actual practical things, um, I, I, I do my best with the Worship Collective to post as regularly as often and, mm. and post various different ideas of content mm. um, and, and examples of stuff we've done. We've done spoken word videos, um, just like two to three minutes. We've done, um, we've, we've done songwriting and, and music videos. We've done phone backgrounds, computer backgrounds. Um, and, and we're looking into to go into other areas of, of like sticker creation, like shirt design and stuff like that, mm. um, just to really kind of own own that. And that's just kind of the worship collective. But um, if you want to kind of engage with it in your local church and stuff like that, mm. um, I'd say one of the biggest things is obviously is, is a live stream. I mentioned it before. Yeah, it's um, actually setting up a something to a higher quality that mm. people can actually look at and say, man, these people actually care about sharing what they've got to say. Yeah, and not just with each other, but with people outside. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. That's probably one of the, the biggest for me. Um, I, in terms of creativity, because I love music, I love uh, photography, I love design. I, I just love everything creative. That's just who I am. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's more. I just want to encourage people mm. to try new things. Yeah. Um, because you don't know like what you what you enjoy until you actually try it, right? Yeah. Like, that's right. I didn't know I enjoyed graphic design until I was asked to design a post once, and I was like, mm. oh wow, I actually enjoy this. Yeah, you know, I do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I enjoyed songwriting until someone said, hey, have you considered writing a song? Mm. Like, you obviously have a passion for Jesus and yeah. a passion for music. Why don't you try and combine them? I was like, all right, I'll yeah. try that, and I wrote a song, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's kind of I, I just encourage people to try new things. Yep. Um, if if they're creative minded, if they're not creative minded. Mm. Um, just just try new ways to, to learn and grow yep. um, and actually communicate what's in your head mm. um, through a creative means. Yep. Um, I think as a society at large, we're, 
we're, <laughs> we're struggling with communication. Yeah. We're, we're struggling with conversation. Yeah. Like what we're doing right now isn't common. Yeah. Like that's why we're doing it because yeah. it's something that sticks <laughs> out. Like, yeah. um, and so I think, you know, we can either run from that and hide and do nothing and just try and push against the tide or we can try and follow the direction that society's going and actually engage in the creative space to communicate the message that we have to share. Yeah. Um, so it's a decision we've got to make. Um, you know, are we going to put our heels in the ground or are we going to, you know, find the people, meet the people where they're at and yeah. actually engage in there? Yeah. I love it, man. Now, as you're talking about that, there's something that screams out at me that I just have to ask. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of, I get a lot of messages from young people with this very question. So I think this is just a brilliant time to throw it out there and see, and see what, what you think about it. Um, what do I do when my local church isn't supportive of creativity? Right? Because that happens. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I get young people who message me and say, hey, listen, you know, what do I do? They're, you know, my creativity is being stifled by this sort of ideology or, yeah. or this commitment to nostalgia and the way we've always done mm-hmm. it. So what can a young person do in that environment when, yeah. where their local church isn't really supportive mm-hmm. of creativity? I guess it's a tough question for me to answer because I've always grown up and been involved in really supportive congregations. Yeah. But I recognize that, that isn't necessarily the case across the board. Mm. Um, I was sitting in an interesting lecture the other day about how the church at large is growing grey, growing old, yeah. Yeah. right? And it's not just the Adventist church, it's every denomination mm. across, or not every, but all the denominations that took part in this big study yeah. from the Fuller Institute in, in America. Um, and every church is growing old. Mm. And it's like, how can we break the tide? Yeah. And it's, it's harsh words to say, but I, like, I have to say it. And it's mm. that churches need to stop um, letting tradition get in the way of the mission that we have yeah. as Christians. Yeah. Um, and it's been said before and it will be said again. And yeah. it's, you know, I guess it's, it's different. It's, been, it's interpreted differently in every yeah. context because yeah. we all have different things we like to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be the first to admit that in 20 years' time when digital, uh, I guess the, the, so, the social media sphere isn't the number one way of evangelism, mm-hmm. that's the direction that, we're, that the world moves, you know. I'll probably be the first to hold on to that and say it's a good way to work. Yeah. But I'll actually have to put that aside and just say no, like the younger people are the ones more in tune with yeah. their yeah. Um, with with their community, their people, their their age group. Yeah. And so they're gonna have more ideas to that. Yeah. Um and <laughs> it's not something that a young person can say to their church, you guys need to let me do stuff because yeah. you know, yeah. the church is getting older and we need to more, we need to engage young people. Mm. Um but I just I just want to encourage you personally, like to to go for it. Like, I firmly believe that when we're serving God, like with all our heart, and we just, we, we bring our little offering to Him, whether it's in the form of a video we've made or in a song we've written, and we say, God, like, I've done this all for your glory. I've done this for yeah. you. I trust that you're going to do with it what you want to do, mm-hmm. whether you want it to go viral, whether you want it to impact one person. Mm-hmm. If you pray that earnestly in your heart, like, there'll be a peace in your soul, mm-hmm. and you'll just be able to, to, to share that and just say, like, God, it's in your hands. Yeah. And that's what I've tried to do with the Worship Collective because I, I make up quite a bit of the content we use and I'm not a professional filmmaker, I'm not a professional songwriter, I'm not a professional anything, mm. right? Um, but by God's grace, he's taken the offering that I've put up there yeah. and, and actually used it to reach people. Yeah. And we've, we've had stories of people who um, had never really had any connection with faith, see one of the videos and then start asking questions. Yeah. Um, 
and it's not necessarily questions to me or to the worship collective, but mm. at least we're stimulating that that change of heart. That's right. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think evangelism isn't about. It's not yeah. about necessarily reaping all the rewards yourself. Mm. It might just be about sowing a seed in someone's heart that's reaped by someone yeah. else. Yeah. And what an honor it is to do that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I just, I just want to encourage you and empower you and say if, if you're engaged in the digital sphere, if, if you want to kind of use that to, yeah, to do some outreach, just go for it. Mm. Like, I want to say you've got my support. Yeah. Like, I'll be, I'll be, I pray for people mm. all the time. And just like it, people I don't know that are engaged in this space because I, I passionately want to see it, it like just explode yeah. um, with the presence of Jesus online. I think that would just be amazing. Yeah. Um, so I want to encourage you, if you want to reach out to us and, mm. and do some collaborative work, yeah. um, it's the Worship Collective is what we're called. Mm. Um, it's, it's on Facebook. So feel free to connect with us, message us, contact us. Cool. Um, we'd love to work with you. Like yeah. the, the whole premise of the Worship Collective is to create, share and inspire. Mm. So we want to create content that's going to reach people. We want to... Yeah share other people's content mm. um, that they've created to reach people and want to inspire yeah. other people to create content. That's awesome. And that's kind of the, the, the big kind of direction that we wanted. That's that's why, yeah. like I said before, I believe the digital sphere is like where evangelism is headed. Yeah. And so we want to create, share, and inspire. And the way we've done that is through the Worship Collective. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. That's awesome, man. And you know what, what I love about this space that you've created online is that if there is someone who's listening and they're thinking, I want to get creative with evangelism. I want to tap into the digital sphere or whatever um, other form of creative evangelism. And your local church isn't supportive. Um, you can you can still find the community that is. And so the worship collective is an online community yep. that you can connect with and say, Hey, here's my passion. Here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And there's also others. You know, there's the art evangelism and just all kinds of different things. Uh, the haystack, the potluck. Um, different resources that you can tap into. Uh, oftentimes, our local communities aren't, you know, um, supportive of those things. But we have to remember as well that that's kind of what Jesus had to deal with. Mm. You know, his local community wasn't supportive of his yeah. ministry, yeah. Um, and and that's where those famous words, you know, a prophet isn't welcome in his own country, mm. um, in his own among his own people, and it just happens sometimes. So thank you for sharing that, man, because. It's an encouragement, you know, that, that we don't have to be discouraged and that if we can't do it in that particular sphere, we can do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he couldn't work in his particular town because people didn't believe in him, so he just went somewhere else. And you may not have the capacity to, like, pack your bags and move somewhere else, but you can go somewhere else today with social media. Mm-hmm. You can contact Worship Collective or any of these other amazing ministries and say, guys, I want to do evangelism. I want to tell the story of God. And, and here's what I've got. Mm-hmm. Can we work together? So that's really cool, man. You know, I, I, I have to resonate with you. I, I do believe that the digital sphere is where evangelism is headed. In, in many ways, I'd say it's there. Mm-hmm. And um, and that we really need to take advantage and catch up and, and, and do, do something amazing there. Um, but at the same time, even though it's there in a sense, I would also say that it's not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like it's there in the sense that people are aware, hey, the digital sphere, this is the place mm-hmm. to be. But it's not there in the sense that no one has really led that charge, yeah. at least that I know of. Yeah. And um, I guess in my head, what I'm thinking is, Adventism is always 10 years behind everyone. Mm. But here's an opportunity for us to get ahead. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's what it sucks. Yeah. So, um, why is my phone ringing? Stupid alarm.
Let me do that again. Yeah. Do that again, because where were we? When um, Adventism is usually ten years behind, but they have the opportunity to get ten years ahead. That's right. Okay. So here's one of the things that I think about when when we're in this conversation of digital sphere being the future of evangelism, and it's that it's it is the future and it is and it is the present in the sense like it's the present in the sense that everyone knows this is a place to be. Yeah. You can reach lots of people online. Yeah. Like we know that. Yeah. Um, but it's also the future in the sense that no one has really led that charge. Yeah. And because Adventism is always like 10 years behind everyone else, I feel like here's an opportunity for us to actually get ahead mm. and to show others this is how it's done. You know, this is how you connect with people through the digital sphere. Mm. And, you know, like my, my premise, you know, there, there's, there's two beliefs that I have. It's just two simple beliefs. Number one, Adventism is beautiful, mm. right? Adventism is the most amazing story, uh, most amazing system of understanding who God is and what he's like. Mm. And, and I say that, I know it's not politically correct, but I say that unapologetically. That's why I'm an Adventist, because I think our story is unheard of and is absolutely compelling. Uh, but secondly, um, the, other, the other belief that I have is that as a local church, you know, sort of like, especially in the Western context, which is what I'm familiar with, we're not really doing a good job at telling mm -hmm. that story. Yeah. So here's an opportunity for us to jump ahead yeah. and say, all right, digital sphere, let's do it. Let's tell yeah. the story of God through there. I love it. Yeah. What do you think? It's there. We it's just got to do it. Like, <laughs> we have opportunity. Yeah. Like, I can't say it strongly enough. Like, mm. you know, there's been examples in the past where like Adventists have been on the verge and just not taken to the next level. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see that happen again mm. with my generation. Yeah. The church is growing older. If mm. we don't act now, like, mm. how long are we going to be around for? Yeah. <laughs> as scary true. as that sounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's do it. Mm. Let's just do it. Awesome. You know? yeah. Let's not sit down and wait for someone else to do it for us or to set it up for us. Let's just do it. And it's not going to be good at the start, but by God's grace, we're going to get past that stage. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to be reached and saved yeah. um, through outreach in the digital sphere. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me just share one more thing as we as we get ready to close, guys. Thanks, Lockie, for coming and for hanging yeah, out nice. at the Pomo Pastor Podcast. It's been awesome chatting with you, bro. Gleaning some wisdom from your from your passion and your excitement. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I think we need to keep in mind is that we, we have to push ahead regardless of whether we have all our ducks in a row. Mm. If we wait to have all our ducks in a row, <laughs> we're we're always going to be behind. Yeah. And so while, yes, it's true, like we said earlier, yes, it's true, as especially as millennials and post-millennials, when we look for a website, when we look for a church, we want to see something that looks professional, that looks mm -hmm. like there was thought and energy put into it. But don't misunderstand that to think that you have to be perfect mm -hmm. in the way in which you communicate in social media. At least start communicating. Yeah. And, and then over time, you'll get better at it. But don't just, don't wait, you know, don't think, oh, I'm not a graphic designer, I'm not this, I'm not that. Just get started, just do something. Mm -hmm. and, and over time, there will be people who will notice you. God will bring people into your community who are yeah. probably more skilled in that yeah. particular area that can help you take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that at the end of the day, the church is not a business, it's a spiritual movement. Mm -hmm. And God is going to bless us in accordance with the effort that we put in yeah. to telling his story. Mm -hmm. So I just want to remind you guys of that. And, and secondly, if you haven't had an opportunity to do it yet, I highly recommend you check out the free online course at pomopastor.com. You go to pomopastor.com slash free course. And in that course, I give you some resources for developing a really good website 
uh, that you don't need any graphic design skills or any sort of experience at all. They're really simple, really elegant, really easy to use. Mm -hmm. and, and you can find those on that course. All you have to do is subscribe and it comes to your email for seven days, one day at a time. So once again, guys, thanks for joining us at the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where I believe that the local Adventist church has a story to tell. So let's optimize it to tell that story. Yeah. God bless. Well, that's all I've got time for today. But if you want some more, just come hang out at pomopastor.com. Thanks again for spending some time listening to the podcast. I'll catch you on the next one.